Hey guys, welcome back to the Road to Madness podcast. I'm Min Dong. I'm Magiglio. Uh, 92 days until the 2020 season begins. Yeah, um, three months left. That, that's crazy. Yeah, I know. And uh, obviously, NBA, it's it's going pretty well. I mean, they've already been through at least a couple weeks, at least, and all the teams playing. And yeah, it's just really good to see. And uh, with all this good news, I think college basketball should be A-OK uh, in some shape or form. So, uh, yeah, not really too much worries about that anymore. So, which, so it's just very exciting, honestly. Yeah, um, let's kick things off with some breaking news. Uh, first off, former Florida State basketball player Michael Ojo has passed away due to a heart attack. Uh, he was 27 years old, conducting an individual workout where he suffered the heart attack and was immediately rushed to the hospital. Ojo was originally from Nigeria and played four seasons at Florida State and later professionally in Serbia. In his four seasons, he was a sixth man who saw lots of success in the NCAA tournament and his senior year was elected team captain by the staff and his teammates. Um, this is obviously very devastating news. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, yeah, it's just very devastating news. And he's, he's only 27 years old. Uh, I remember watching him in 2016, 2017, his senior year, obviously. And uh, they made a pretty good run the tournament. And that wasn't too long ago. I mean, we say it a lot about a lot of stuff, but uh, it wasn't too long ago he was playing at Florida State. And he only had a couple seasons uh, under his belt in Serbia. So, uh yeah, I mean, it's just devastating news for him, obviously, and his family. So, uh, obviously, rest in peace and uh, prayers to him and everyone, anyone that uh, was affected by the passing of Boho. Yeah, for sure. And his death was so sudden, too. He was such a healthy person. He had no, no heart issues, no issues. He was just playing basketball, doing what he loved, and just collapsed. Yeah, and watch it. like I said, watching him at Florida State, he was – he was just a specimen. I mean, he was 7-1. He was just massive. And, I mean, no one could really guard him. And that's why he's just really good. And that's why he got all, uh, that's why he got professional looks in Serbia and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's just really devastating news. And, uh, obviously, it's not ideal. And just it's just really devastating. So, just really sorry for him and his family. And, yeah, just rest in peace and prayers to everyone. All right, uh, next piece is um, – the next three pieces are recruiting news, so no more really devastating news. So uh, 2021 five-star five star recruit Jalen Worley has committed to Florida State. Uh, he's a 6'4 combo guard out of Pennsylvania. Uh, this is Florida State's fourth top 50 prospect in the class of 2021. Uh, Worley is the 36th recruit uh, ranked uh, recruit in the ESPN top 100. Uh, this is already a great class for Leonard Hamilton, obviously. And uh, how dominant will FSU be in 2021 now? Yeah, they seem to be on on a, on a great trajectory. Uh, Leonard Hamilton, like I said, one of the most underrated recruiters in the nation. And yeah, I think I think they could be uh, um, NCAA champs or a good chance to be. They they have a legitimate chance to be national champs. Sorry. Yeah, and this just helps out their depth even more. I mean, they don't really have to worry about depth anymore because they got they got the guys for it. And if they get all these top guys, then obviously the guys who aren't gonna be like starting, they're they're gonna be very uh, deep and very talented in comparison to what they had the past couple of years. Because that sure that drop off is gonna be it might be pretty big just looking at the talent on Florida State, but uh, those guys can play. 
and they've been playing for probably two or three years, maybe even just one. So they'll be playing, they'll be ready, and they'll have experience. And that's what Leonard Hamilton likes on his team. So he's he's definitely not he's definitely not worried to go in deep, and he might even go deeper this year, considering who he's getting in 2021. So you never know what's going to happen with that Florida State team, but just know that they're going to be a top three team uh, for the probably the next couple of years in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Uh, next. 2021 five-star recruit Chance Moore has committed to Arkansas. He's a 6'5 small forward from Georgia. This is Arkansas's first commitment for the 2021. Um, They will hopefully spark some other recruits to join Moore at Arkansas. Um, Coach Eric Musselman, he's been been terrific recruiting-wise at Arkansas so far. Do you think he will maintain this in the future? Yes, I definitely, I definitely think he will. I mean, you, you see what he's getting uh, for this upcoming season. He's getting four four stars, and he just he's got a lot of good quality prospects coming in. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he got more for twenty twenty one. I mean, n- not like more like the prospects, like more prospects. You, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But but uh, yeah, I mean, just having more coming into Arkansas here is a big one. And he played with Shree Kufer at. at uh, McEhern, I don't. I think that's how you say it. I'm not too sure how you say it, but uh, yeah, him and him and Sharif Cooper were playing together, and uh, obviously you know what Sharif Cooper's doing up at Auburn. So uh, yeah, so this is just a good prospect for him, uh, muscle man, and uh, yeah, I think he's gonna get a lot of good quality prospects uh, joining more for the class of 2021. Yeah, and also not only is he doing a great job in the high school ranks, he's doing a great job in the transfer portal too. I would say he probably has a top five transfer recruiting class as well he, he got a, a bunch of terrific transfers he's most likely going to get more terrific transfers in the future as well yeah and um i mean we might see arkansas later being discussed uh, obviously you know today's today's the big top 25 episode we pushed it up two episodes so who knows we might see arkansas later in the top 25 but you're gonna have to wait and see what happens all right and last piece of breaking news is 2021 four-star recruit uh, Samson Johnson has committed to UConn. Uh, he's a 6'10 power forward from New Jersey. Uh, this is the third top 100 prospect for the Huskies, uh, who are fourth in class of 2021 rankings. So that's just massive on its own for UConn because UConn hasn't really gotten that these like type of prospects these past couple of years. But uh, might be the Hurley coach. You never know. But uh, with that being said, is the future looking bright for UConn? Yeah, definitely. Um, although I think it, the Hurley has to has to be part of the reason. I think the bigger part is that they change conferences. The Big East is definitely a, a, a terrific conference. Um, no offense to the American, the Big East is just nothing compared to the American. It's so much better, and I think that's why they're attracting more more recruits now. And I can see them as a perennial top three Big East team every year. Yeah, I mean, I think the American has their own problems deciding who's going to be the top seed because they don't know who that's going to be yet, and we still don't know who that's going to be. But, uh, yeah, I think the conference realignment is definitely a factor on why uh, Coach Dan Hurley is getting more prospects at UConn. Uh, obviously, like you said, Big East is a much better conference for competition-wise and just just everything. I mean, they're just a lot bigger schools. They're just a lot better schools basketball-wise. And, uh yeah, I mean, you definitely see UConn going to the Big East as a step for them. And obviously, you see the results with the recruitments. So I think it was common once they realigned their conference. And uh, I expect him to get a lot more prospects for the upcoming years as well with this conference realignment. Yeah, definitely. 
And now uh, we're going to go to our main topic, um, our, our top 25, 5.0, I believe it is. It's really 5.0? Yeah. I think, or 4.0, one of those three. I think it's four because it's only it's thirty. It's episode thirty-eight. Yeah, I think it's four as well. Yeah. Hey, but if, it feels like we've done at least ten of these already. Yeah, but uh, definitely. But yeah, these these never fail to disappoint. Always very exciting to do. So uh, yeah, without further ado, let's let's kick things off with the uh, two drop teams we both have. Uh, yeah. These teams are the same teams that we both have, but uh, let's kick things off. Who is the first team that we both dropped? Uh, we we both dropped Stanford. Uh, they were number twenty four for me, and they were number I believe twenty two for you. And I just think that the loss of Tyrell Terry hurts them so much. Uh, yeah, they they're still tournament team. They still have Zaire Williams coming in. They have they have Oscar De Silva, but their ceilings definitely lowered dramatically. Yeah, I gotta agree with you there. Tyrell Terry was that top option for Stanford last year, and now he's gone. This team's just not going to be the same as we thought that they might be. Uh, I did have them at 22, two spots higher than you. Uh, I thought this team, if they got Tara Terry back, they were going to be a top three team in the Pac-12. Uh, regardless, I still think that they will be a top five team in the Pac-12. That might be a stretch, but I think they'll be towards the top half of the Pac-12 coming into next year. And don't get me wrong, I don't think this team will win the Pac-12, but they have, they have a chance to, I guess. But that chance is very slim, just looking at all these uh, Pac-12 teams and who they're getting for this upcoming season. So, uh, yeah, I think this team's going to drop out of the top 25. But I think this team still, if they can get somehow a transfer or some prospect somehow, I think this team could potentially move back in. But I don't think that's really possible. But you never know. I think this team is just looking on the outside, looking in uh, when it looks mm -hmm. at the top 25. Yeah. And the second drop team that we both have is going to be Houston. Uh, you kind of saw this one coming. They are 25 for both of us. And uh, although although they just have a terrible and tragic offseason, I am kind of intrigued to watch this team this upcoming season, believe it or not. Uh, you, obviously, you guys know they lost their big man, Fabio Moy, and then they just lost out on a ton of transfers and prospects and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this team is just the, the big man, big less team, I guess, if you want to call it that. And something about Houston teams just not having big men, it's kind of just crazy. I mean, you see it with the Rockets. They don't have a big man, and they're, they're, I guess they're doing okay. So I'm kind of intrigued to see how it translates to college basketball because Houston did – I guess you could say they had a big man last year, but let's be honest, it wasn't really that big of a help, but – we don't really know where they're going to rank in the American, if you ask me. And you, I, I believe you don't know either where you're going to rank them. Is that right? Uh -huh. Yeah, so I'm just excited to watch this team. And obviously, they were bound to drop out because teams obviously got better. So, yeah, we're going to have to see what happens with this Houston team. But keep in mind, I'm still very intrigued without their big man, what they're going to do. Yeah, I didn't think of that, that the, the Rockets have no big men. And now now Houston has no big men. So, like, like you said, that Houston – that Houston connection was pretty, pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, you, you kind of cover everything. Just, just a very tragic off season for, for them. And teams definitely got better. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even think of the Houston connection right there. I mean, I just thought of that right before we made the episode and I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I didn't even realize cause it's been a while since we've known and we just didn't really think about it. But uh, 
just looking at college, looking at NBA, I mean, you, you kind of see it. And we hope it's not the same thing for this uh, Houston Cougars team coming into college basketball season because if that's the case, then they might be in some trouble. Just looking at some of the big, big men that they might have to play for this upcoming season. Mm -hmm. uh, now, without further ado, let's, let's get started with our actual top 25. Um, at number 25, I have Indiana. Uh, they, they dropped two spots. They were 23 last episode. They have four starters back with a, with a couple of great recruits. Christian Lander lead that recruiting class. Uh, they were bubble team everywhere, but um, definitely they, they benefited from uh, everyone getting a year of college basketball on their belt. They're definitely more experienced, and they can make some noise in the Big Ten. Yeah, I got, I got Indiana in here. Uh, I'm not going to tell you where I put them, but I think they're definitely still a legitimate top 25 team uh, as of right now for me. And just returning all those guys is just huge for them. And I think they can make a lot of noise in the Big Ten, uh, even with a lot of the teams getting a lot better. But, uh, yeah, for 25, uh, I said it earlier, I got Arkansas right here. They do move down one spot for me, but I think Arkansas is a dark horse team in the SEC, in my opinion. Uh, obviously, getting Isaiah Joe back is just good for them because they lost Mason Jones, who was, who was their top option, definitely. And uh, it hurts that they lost him, but they do get the second option back. And Isaiah Joe will probably be their top option this upcoming season. And like I said earlier, they bring in four four-stars, led by, obviously, big man Moses Moody. So you never know what's going to happen with that. But I think this young team can develop a very nice core uh, over this year and obviously translating into the upcoming uh, years if they decide to not be one and done, which is definitely a possibility, but I don't think they'll do so. And um, like you said earlier, uh, Coach Musselman, very good and very underappreciated coach. Uh, I think he's one of them. I think he's a top 25 coach in college basketball. And I don't think a lot of people see that. But like you said, recruitment-wise and just go to overall standing-wise, uh, he's done a lot of good things at Arkansas already in this, in this past. Uh, I think this is his first year, wasn't it? This yeah, first year. it was his first year. Yeah. So he's already done a lot of good things in his first year. And – I mean, he, he has a lot of years left at Arkansas, so I think he's just going to maintain that stability and just do a lot of good things here at Arkansas for the future. Mm -hmm. um, I did not have my Arkansas in the top 25. They definitely do have a case just like 40 other teams. So, like I yeah. said, it's, it's pretty tough making this. Oh, yeah, definitely tough. And uh, we're going to have some differences, but uh, regardless, a lot of teams can fill in these voids. So, it's not really a defined top 25, but it's just our opinions pretty much. Mm -hmm. At number 24, I have Oregon here. They, they also dropped two spots. Uh, they're a very, very deep team. Um, they lose Peyton Pritchard, and they, they haven't proven anything yet that they can play without Pritchard. But they could be like another Wisconsin-type team. They don't, they don't really have like a star. They, they can just play as a team. And I'm, I'm very excited to watch them play basketball this year. Yeah, and uh, just looking at what my 3.0 was, uh, I kind of look at it and I go, what, what was I thinking? But, uh, yeah, so 24, I have Oregon as well. They moved down seven spots for me. Uh, I, was, I was a little too ambitious on Oregon, just looking at it and kind of set back into reality. Uh, I put them here at 24. I'm just looking at my list as of right now, I think they could move up like maybe one or two spots, but uh, – I'm just going to keep him here at 24 right now. Uh, we still don't know what LJ Figueroa's decision and eligibility is as of right now. Uh, if he is eligible, obviously, I think they'll move up a couple spots. But 
if he's not eligible, that's going to hurt their team a lot, just looking at their depth. And uh, like you said, I think uh, Wisconsin comparison is very good uh, here for Oregon. But uh, as of right now, I still think they're a top five team in the Pac-12, uh, more so the top half of that top, of that top five. And uh, th this team still has a lot of good talent, a lot of good transfers that are going to be eligible for this season. So uh, don't be surprised if this Oregon team uh, su surpasses uh, number 24 in the top 25 and do a lot better things than that. Mm -hmm. oh, number 23, I have a new team here. It's LSU. This is the first time they're in my top 25. They finally have cracked it. Four starters returning, and they, they bring in five-star Cam Thomas. And LSU, they've been, they've been pretty consistent, and they've also been pretty under the radar every year. Uh, Will Wade, yeah, he's been, he's been in a couple investigations, but he's done a terrific job at LSU, and I expect him to, to have a big season this year. Yeah, and I think LSU is going to be destined to have a good season. I mean, they're a three seed. Um, when was that, 2018 or 2019? It I don't was, know. It, it was like recent. Long, it was like a long time ago, but it's probably like two years ago. For it was ago. recent. I know. It, was, it feels like it was a long time ago, but believe it or not, it was, it was pretty recent. I believe it was 2018 because Nas Reed was on that team, and obviously he's in the NBA now. And, couple other guys were on that team. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I have LSU in my top 25 as well. Uh, I have them one spot ahead of you, so I'll talk about a little – I'll talk a little bit about them in a couple minutes. But uh, as of right now, I have Indiana here at 23. Uh, staying at 23 for me, sure, I could flip-flop them with Oregon. I could definitely see that. But I'm just going to keep them at 23 because I think this team is the dark horse team of the Big Ten. And uh, like you said, four of the stars returning. Obviously, Christian Lander, five-star recruit coming in. Uh, and then you got Trace Jackson Davis coming back, and I think he's a, I think he's a potential All-Conference player uh, this season for the Big Ten, and uh, he is probably going to go to the draft, but he decided to come back to school, which is just huge for Indiana. And uh, this team is very talented. Sure, their bench might have some issues; they're not too deep. I'm just looking at their bench, but uh, this team is a dark horse team in the Big Ten, I think, and they have a lot of talent, and they could definitely surprise a lot of teams who are. A lot higher than them and Big Ten standings. So uh, don't be surprised if this Indiana team uh, sneaks in to the tournament and maybe sneaks into the top five of the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. uh, 22, I have Texas here. Yeah, your program. Uh, they dropped down one spot. Uh, this is a very experienced, it's a very deep team. I honestly think they could move up in the Big 12 standings if teams like Texas Tech and Kansas struggle early. And I'll get more, I'll get more to that later. Yeah, I could definitely see that as well with the struggling things with Texas Tech and Kansas. And uh, Texas, they got to have a good year. And I'll talk about them in a minute. But uh, Shaka, Shaka has to have a good year because if, if he doesn't, I think he's going to be out the door. We, we said it a lot, but I think it's a make-or-break season, definitely, 100% for Shaka Smart. But, uh, yeah, 22 – Welcome back, LSU. And uh, that, that rhymes, which is pretty cool. But uh, I, I remember having them in my first top 25, which was feels like months ago, and it probably was. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're back in my top 25 now at 22. And uh, like you said, four stars returning, and five-star Cam Thomas is in now. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I just think they're destined to be back in the top 25 now, uh, just knowing that their three top scorers are going to be back for next season. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they have a lot to prove. And, obviously, like you said, with Will Wade, 
he hasn't been the cleanest of coaches just looking at some of the scandals but uh he should be he should be all right to be a coach this season and uh i think he's a very good coach regardless of what's going on uh, off the court and uh, he's done a lot of good things already at lsu so uh yeah i wouldn't be surprised if this team sneaks into the tournament and uh right now i think I'm not going to rank them right now, but I think this team might be a top three team in the SEC. That might be a stretch, but I think they're, I think they have the potential to be a top three team in the SEC. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to go into rankings right now, but, yeah, that's all I really have to say about LSU. Mm -hmm. uh, 21, I have Richmond here. They dropped down four spots. Uh, they, they bring back everyone except for one guy. Second in A-10 uh, last year. They were, they were probably one of the last teams in. And again, all these guys have another year in their belt. They're a very good two-way team, and don't be surprised if they make a deep run in the tournament. Yeah, and I have Richmond a little bit higher. You might you might think I have them a little too high. I agree, I might have them a little too high, but uh, they're my top mid-major team, so I got to show love to them. So uh, I'm going to talk about them a little bit later. But uh, as of right now, like, you, like I said earlier, uh, Texas here at 21. They do move down two spots for me, but I think it's a reasonable uh, move down for two spots. But regardless, they're still here, and they haven't left my top 25 since I put them back in. Uh, I believe that was the second uh, top 25 we did, the 2.0. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're still here. They're not making any more changes or additions to their team, I bet. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just what they got now and how they're going to do in the Big 12. I mean – they could surprise a lot of teams, like you said, and do do great and finish top three. But they could also have a very shaky season and finish maybe sixth or seventh in the Big 12, I think. So where they might rank at really ranges. But uh, they have a good coach. They have a good system. And they have the right guys. So they're just going to have to make do with what they got. And I don't know how they how good they'll do. But uh, I know that they got Greg Brown. And he might have to carry that team. But uh, – yeah, I'm excited to see what this Texas team does. And you know I'm going to be rooting for them because that's my team. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this I'm just excited for them because this is probably the best team they're going to have in a very long time. Yeah. Um, number 20, I have UNC here. Uh, they dropped down one spot. Uh, this is a very good-looking team. Uh, they, have, they have one of the top recruiting classes. And plus they returned their, their top two players from last year in Baycott and Brooks. Um, and I believe that all these ACC teams in the top 25 have around equal chance of winning the ACC, depending on how fast they mold. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you there. And uh, one of those teams is definitely Florida State. And I know we talked about their future, but we're talking about their present right now. And uh, I believe, like you said, they are a top three ACC team as well, once again. And um, they did lose their top three options. Uh, but I think this team is still the most experienced team uh, in the ACC next year. And like you said, Leonard Hamilton, he goes deep into his rotation. And that experience is just key for next season because some of these teams like Duke and UNC, who are always experienced, they just got a lot of new talent coming in. And they don't have the experience like Florida State does. And you can say that about a couple other teams who are a little bit lower in the totem pole for ACC teams. But uh, Florida State is a very good team record-wise, and they have the most experience out of those top three teams right now. So, yeah, I mean, this team's only at 20 for me, staying at 20 for me. But I think this team could definitely be a lot higher when it's all said and done. Mm -hmm. I have Florida State a little higher. I'll get to, I'll get to that uh, later. 
Um, number 19, I have UCLA here. They, they also dropped down one spot. They were 18 last episode. Uh, they get most of their rotation guys back. Chris Smith coming back is pretty huge as well. Um, underwhelming recruiting costs once, once Nick's left. But Mark Cronin, he worked his magic last year. Terrific turnaround. Uh, he, should, he should do it again. Yeah, and I got UCLA here as well at 19. Uh, they move up four spots for me. And I'm, I'm very excited to watch this team this year. I think this team's definitely going to make the tournament. And they haven't made it since 2018. I know it's not that long ago, but uh, since the Lonzo Ball days. And uh, it's, it feels like a long time ago, but let's be honest, it hasn't been that long. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this team, this team has all the right pieces. And they got, they got guys in like Juzang, who's eligible to play. And obviously, if they had Knicks, I think this team would probably be the top team in the Pac-12. But uh, obviously, stuff happens, and Knicks decided to go elsewhere. But uh, with the return of Chris Smith, like you said, this team is still a top three team in the Pac-12. And they, they definitely have a chance to be the top team still, regardless, without Knicks. But uh, it's a very close race between them and another team that we're going to mention a little bit later. But uh, yeah, I, I'm very excited to watch this team. And I think they're going to do a lot of good things this season. Mm-hmm. 18, I have Rutgers here. They dropped down four spots. Uh, the past the past three top 25s, I believe that I was a little too high on Rutgers. Just just looking at them in the top 15 every single time, I'm just thinking to myself, is that really is that really right? So I finally have to go go put them at 18. <laughs> they, yeah, they're a very experienced team. They have one of the best home court advantages in college basketball. And they're definitely in the running for the big twin. But I think I think top 15. A little too high for them, like like we used to put them. Yeah, you you hopping off the bandwagon a little bit? Um, I I still have faith in them, but you know I have I have a little more faith in another team coming up next. Yes, and I think we all know who that team is. But uh, yeah, as of right now, I have Rutgers here at 18 as well. They moved down two spots for me. Uh, like you said, I think having them in the top 15 is just an overstatement. I think this, don't get me wrong, I think this team is still very good, but I don't think this team is a top 15 team in the nation. And, uh, yeah, kind of setting back the reality and just everything kind of settled down, just kind of seeing where Rutgers lands. They didn't really do much except for getting the uh, prospect Cliff Fuyamori. Uh, and I believe that's a 2021 prospect anyways, so I don't think it – no, no, it is for this year, right? He is coming this year. He is for this year, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's really the only thing that they did. And then the only other thing that they did was bring back their guys who might have went to the draft and Geno Baker. And, uh, yeah, so they got other guys back and they just added Cliff Oyamori. So uh, they didn't really do much. But uh, regardless, this team just gains uh, another year of experience. So uh, this is going to be a very good team, don't get me wrong. And it's still going to be a ranked team. But, uh, yeah, I mean, how good they'll do in the Big Ten, we don't really know because the Big Ten's always going to be crazy. And Rutgers, sure, they had a lot of key victories, but they also had a lot of devastating losses this past season. Mm-hmm. So that, I think that's going to be a similar case uh, coming in this year. And that might bump them out of the top 25 during the season. But uh, as of right now, I think they're going to be a preseason top 25 team. But uh, some, of their, uh, some of their key losses might actually hurt them in top 25 standings. And that might kick them out. But if they have a couple good wins like they did this past season, I think they might be – uh, that might be around this range again, uh, but I think those losses might hurt this team a lot more than the wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 17, I have St. Louis here. They dropped down two spots. Uh, this is, in my opinion, the best mid-major program in the nation for this upcoming year. Uh, they're a deep team. Everyone's healthy finally. 
Uh, they took Richmond. They beat Richmond. They, they actually killed them last year. Uh, they lost to Dayton overtime, and they, and then the next game they lost to Dayton by by five, I think. So this is a very competitive team. This is a very good team, and yeah, I expect them to make a a deep run, maybe even Elite Eight. Elite Eight. Yeah, that those are that's my expectations. Very, that's a very bold take, but uh, we're gonna have to wait and see what happens with the tournament. But uh. Yeah, I mean, St. Louis, they're still a team for me on the outside looking in at the top 25. Uh, I still think that team is definitely a top 30, 35 team in the nation. Uh, I just have them a little bit outside of my top 25 right now. Uh, I do only have one mid-major in this uh, top 25, and I've had it for a while, and it's still Richmond. So I'll talk about them in a, in a minute. But uh, right now, 17, I have UNC moving down two spots for me. Uh, I had them. I had them really high uh, these past couple episodes, but uh, let's be honest, they don't have much experience coming back. Like I said earlier, and uh, sure, they do have one of the best recruiting classes they've had in a while. Uh, I don't really remember who they have, but I know they got at least three five stars, maybe, and a lot of decent four stars. But uh, regardless, that rotation alone is just going to carry them to a lot of good wins. But uh, when it comes to really big time games like Duke and Florida State, that actually matter. I think the experience is going to uh, hurt them a lot, and that might cause them to not be as good as we think they're going to be. But uh, regardless, I think this team's still a top three team in the ACC. I mean, we know who it's going to be, Florida State, uh, UNC, and Duke. We kind of know that right now, but we don't know who's going to finish where. But uh, I think UNC is definitely a top three team still, uh, regardless of what they're going to lose and what they're gaining. But if you got Coach Roy Williams, I think you're all right because he's, he's still one of the – most iconic coaches in all college basketball. Mm -hmm. And you also got uh, Virginia in the running for the ACC as well. Oh, man. man, I completely forgot about Virginia. Yeah. That, that's, that's wild. I forgot about them. Uh, uh, number 16, I got Arizona State here. They, they move up four spots from number 20. Uh, Remy Martin returning is huge. Uh, they possibly have the best trio in guards in college basketball. Uh, Remy Martin, Josh Christopher, Alonzo Verge. A lack of front court depth. I don't think it'll hurt them as long as this trio is healthy. But but if, if one of them goes down, I think I think they could be some trouble. Yeah, but you got a hurley coach, so I think you're all right when it comes to having one man down. But mm -hmm. uh yeah. I'll talk about Arizona State in a minute. And here is my mid major, Richmond at sixteen, moving down two spots for me. Uh similar situation, having them in the top fifteen, uh, such as Rutgers. That's just a little bit of a stretch. I don't think a mid-major team will be ranked in the top 15, uh, at least for the start of the season. I mean, we've seen it before probably, but I don't think Richmond should be ranked in the top 15. Uh, 16, sure, it's one spot out, but uh, I, I probably will move them down eventually. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I believe this team is still ahead of St. Louis, though. Uh, I believe that three-headed monster of Gilliard, Golden, and Francis is going to be one of the best trios in college basketball uh, in the country. And, yeah, I mean, all three of those guys returning is just huge for Richmond uh, on its own. And I think that trio is going to carry them to winning the A-10 and being in the tournament and probably upsetting uh, whoever they play in the first round. Mm -hmm, definitely. Uh, Richmond and St. Louis are definitely one and two in the A-10. And after that, like we said, it's a toss-up. Yeah. And we've seen a lot of speculations on – some ranking realignments and standings and stuff like that, and even player of the year. I mean, we've seen a lot of wild takes, but uh, 
it's the A10. It's kind of crazy, just like a lot of conferences. But, uh, yeah, we're not going to know until conference previews come out. So should be pretty soon. But, uh, yeah, you're going to have to wait a, wait a couple weeks probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 15, uh, I have Florida State here. They move up one spot. They're, they're always an under-the-radar team. I can't stress that enough. Um, I had them as a Final Four team this past year. Leonard Hamilton, man, he's a terrific job. He's always overlooked as well. And don't be surprised if they win the ACC. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you had them in the Final Four. Uh, I believe I had them. I had them in the Final Four as well, I believe. And two years ago, I had them in the finals. I had them winning the whole thing two years ago. Mm-hmm. And the tough loss against Gonzaga, that, that was just a heartbreaking loss. And I thought they had a really good chance to make it all the way. And they're just a very underrated team, and they just go so deep, like, you, like we've talked about before. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to watch Florida State, as always. But uh, as of right now, I got Arizona State to talk about at 15. Uh, moving up three spots for me. Obviously, like you said, the return of Martin is just massive for that team. That three-headed trio is going to be very nice for the backcourt. And I believe this team's a top three team in the Pac-12. As of right now, they're probably the top team for me, just looking at Pac-12 teams and who's coming back and who's not. But uh, you got you got Bobby Hurley, man. And he's, he's, he's one of the best coaches and one of the most entertaining coaches to watch in college basketball. And I expect him to do a lot of good things at Arizona State like he has these past couple seasons. And, uh, yeah, just the return of Martin is just huge. And that's pretty much – all they've done from now to – from the last episode of the top 25 to now. And, yeah, it just kind of makes up for the loss of White because that, that, that's still going to be haunting them. But just getting Martin back is just one uh, good step in the right direction for Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Uh, 14, I have Michigan State here. They, they are out of my top 10. They dropped down four spots. Uh, the loss of Xavier Tillman would hurt them a lot. He was so versatile. He, he could play multiple positions. Um, but nonetheless, they still have a very, very deep team and an and experienced team. And, uh, yeah, this only paves the way for Big Ten Player of the Year, Rocket, Rocket Watts. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about them later. Um, I might have them a little too high, honestly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Rocket Watts, you know, you know his story. You, you know he's going to be Big Ten Player of the Year, and he's just going to be crazy. But, uh, yeah, at 14, I have Texas Tech. Moving down one spot for me. Uh, I think this team's going to be a very interesting team next season. Uh, I know I know what they got coming in. They got two five-stars, and then they got uh, good transfers coming in, such as Burton, and then they got the Juco transfer. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really know how good they're going to be, like you said. I think this team might struggle like they did this past season. And this past season, this team was uh, going in and out of the top 25 uh, day in and day out. I mean, they had a lot of – bad losses, but they had a lot of very good wins. And one of those good wins was against the top seed of Louisville. And they basically shut them out in scoring because that defense is top notch. But uh, some games, they just had really bad games and they just had a ton of really bad losses. So I can see a similar situation to that coming to next season. But uh, Coach Chris Beard, he knows what he's doing. He's one of the best coaches in college basketball right now. But uh, I think, I think uh, two seasons from now, 2021, will be their season. And I just think this year is just, just another plain ordinary season. So I don't, I don't expect much from this Texas Tech team, but you never know. They might surprise a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. I have Texas Tech a little higher, and I, I, I agree with you. I'll get further in depth more um, later. 
13, I have Kentucky here. They, they stay put at 13. Um, they are one Oliver Saar waiver away from being in the top 10, in my opinion. Uh, very talented team. Their uh, recruiting class is unbelievable. It just depends how fast they mow and if they play as a team. And if they don't have Saar, there could be some trouble. But I believe that they're definitely SEC contenders with Saar. Yeah, no, no, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, I could take you a little bit higher uh, in hopes that Saar does get his waiver. So I'll talk about them a little bit later. But uh, as of right now, I have your national champions right here, and that is Creighton uh, going down one spot for me, staying at 13. Uh, and I, I still think Creighton's a very good team, don't get me wrong. But uh, despite uh, – obviously, despite what they had uh, lost for this upcoming season, but uh, – don't be surprised if this team does a lot of good things this season. And this team's in the Elite Eight, Sweet 16. Uh, Final Four is a little bit of a stretch, but I think this team definitely has the potential to be in the Sweet 16 and maybe the Elite Eight as well. And uh, obviously lost to Tasha and Alexander. It's going to haunt them, but they got they got, uh, they got a lot of good guys coming in. And, yeah, I mean, just, this team's just a lot deeper, honestly, if you ask me. Just having a presence of a big man's huge for them. And two big men's even better. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they just got a lot of really good pieces coming back. And, yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if this team does make the Elite Eight and does, does a lot of good things. Yeah, creating my national championship, as you guys know. I have them a little bit higher, and I'll talk more about them later. Number 12, I have Texas Tech here. They stay at 12. And you mentioned Chris Beard. He can make something out of nothing. Um, this is certainly not the most talented team he has. And I believe that although they do have enough to compete for the Big 12 title, um, they probably have a they probably they have a very low ceiling, and probably the lowest ceiling out of all the teams in the top 25, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's that's what's weird about Texas Tech because you don't know where they might go. And the same thing, like I said, happened last year. They were in and out all the time, and they dethroned the number one seed. But then they had some terrible losses, like I said. And I think that's going to be a similar situation to this upcoming season. Uh, I know they still – I know they have more pieces, honestly, for this upcoming season. But I just think it's the same situation. And I don't think this team has been the same um, since Jared Culver was there. And, you know, Jared Culver obviously carried that team to the finals. And then they lost, obviously. But uh, ever since he left, this team hasn't been the same team. Uh, a final four, final national championship contender team. And, yeah, I mean, I think the similar situation will happen for this upcoming season. But uh, get me, don't get me wrong, two seasons from now, this team's a completely different story. This team's going to be back to that national championship contender. But, uh, yeah, for this upcoming season, I think it might be a little step back again. But two seasons from now, completely different team. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, 12, I have Michigan State here. Moving down three spots. Could it be more? Probably. Should it be more? Probably. But uh, obviously, the drop of Tillman uh, is going to hurt them a lot. But obviously, Henry, I think it keeps them afloat as a top 15 team. And obviously, you got Rocket Watts, like we talked about, going to step up, probably be the top option on that team, probably going to carry that team, honestly. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think this might be a transition year for 2021. You know what's coming in 2021. You know what also could be coming in 2021. And obviously, that's Max Christie and Imani Bates, hopefully. But uh, I think this just might be a one, just a year of experience under Michigan State's belt. I don't know if they're going to – obviously, they're going to try and win national championship. They're going to try and do whatever they can with Tom Izzo as the coach. But uh, 
I think this just might be one extra year for experience for a lot of these guys, and 2021 is going to be their year. Similar situation to Texas Tech. Uh, I, I just think they're going to tank, take one year, just just get experience under their belt, and then just go all out in 2021. Yeah, that, that's awesome. What I think. Yeah, definitely. And in 2021, if if Amani Bates just joined them, I I think they're the national champions. Yeah, that that that's no question. But uh, Florida State is making a little team out there, so you never know. But uh, yeah, Michigan State's still my national champs for 2021 right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, number eleven, uh, I have Creighton here. They stay at eleven, uh, possibly the only team that can contend for the Big East title outside of Villanova. Uh, four starters back, six men of the year is also back. Uh, they were formerly number one in the inaugural top 25 rankings for me, and they're still my national champions. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, Creighton's still a very good team regardless of what they lost. But, uh, yeah, this team still has a chance to beat Villanova. Still, at, still, still is neck and neck with Villanova. I know Villanova has a little bit of a – head start and biggie standings. But, uh, yeah, Creighton's still right behind them. And I think they definitely have a uh, potential to uh, take a couple games from Villanova this season. But, uh, yeah, number 11, I have Kentucky here. Uh, this might be a little high for them as well. But uh, I think Oliver Saar has a very good chance at getting a waiver. And that is why I'm putting him here at 11. Uh, and if Saar does not get a waiver, they're going to have one true big man. And that's going to be Isaiah Jackson. Uh, obviously, play with the Mellow Ball at Spire Academy. That's probably why you know him. That's probably why you know Rocket Watts as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's going to be that solo big man on the roster. But uh, Coach Cal, I think he's going to figure things out. Obviously, you know Coach Cal is one of the best in the business. And uh, he's, he's going to figure things out. But uh, that recruiting class coming in is just going to be something special to watch. Uh, Terrence Clark, Devin Ashew, uh, B.J. Boston, you could go on and on about who's coming in. But uh, the one thing they do lack, as we said, is experience. You know, I got Keon Brooks, that one experienced guy on the team. So uh, that might be an issue, but I'm excited to see what this Kentucky team does for this upcoming season. For sure. Yeah. Now we're, we're approaching our top 10. Number 10, I have a, I have a new team here, and it's Illinois. Um, this team, what a crazy 24 hours it was for them. Um, they went from outside the top 50 to, to inside the top 10 in, in, in that span of 24 hours. Uh, Kofi could be one of the few that could give Luka Garza a hard time. Um, Ayo's one of the best scorers in the Big Ten, and this team's definitely second-tier contender for the national championship. Yeah, and this team's definitely a top-ten team in my eyes as well. Uh, I have them at number nine, so I'll talk about them a little bit later. But uh, number ten, I have your team here at Tennessee, staying at number ten for me. Uh, don't get me wrong, I think this team's a very underappreciated team, in my honest opinion. But uh, with Pons returning uh, and two five stars coming in, I think this team um, is probably going to be running the SEC. And I know that race is neck and neck with Kentucky. And then you got LSU looking a little bit far behind. But, uh, yeah, I think Tennessee right now is that top team in the SEC. But uh, that margin is very close, like I said. And it all depends on what star uh, eligibility is. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I know, I know you have Tennessee coming up. So I'll, I'll let you carry on with the conversation. Yeah, uh, I have them right now at number nine. They dropped down one spot. Uh, four starters back. They have the defensive player of the year back, top five recruiting class. And looking at the roster, they're easily the deepest and the best team in the SEC. Yeah, and I'm excited to see what that team does. I mean, maybe it's back to the Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield days, being that number two seed in the tournament. 
but uh, hopefully they can follow through with what they couldn't do that that season. Uh, no disrespect to that team. That team was very good. Don't get me wrong, but they just couldn't finish out on what they what they had achieved. Yeah, Carson Edwards happened. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just disappointing. But uh, yeah, I mean, number nine, I have the new team, Illinois here. Uh, Illinois, uh, just just look, just look at what we got here. We got Kofi Cogburn coming in and Ayo Dusimu. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm sorry, but uh, they're both returning to Illinois this upcoming season. They also bring in four-star Adam Miller, and he's a he's a sharpshooter. I mean, I've watched a lot of his highlights. He's going to make a very good presence to this Illinois team, something they didn't really have this past season. And uh, I was pretty big on Illinois this past season. I was I was one of the biggest fans, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride on that on that bandwagon again. And this, sure, this team is definitely not my top team, definitely not my national champ predictions. But uh, yeah, this team is gonna do a lot of good things in the Big Ten, and I wouldn't be surprised if this team dethrones. Uh, Michigan State for that number three seed in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. I could see them as a top three Big Ten team. I think I said that last episode when they both declared. So I'm pretty excited as well. Number eight, I have Duke here. Uh, they dropped down one spot. And Duke, you know, old talent out, new talent in. Coach K is a living legend. And I believe that automatically makes them a top eight team. Um, and this team will go deep as long as they play as a team. Yeah, and I have Duke here as well, staying at number eight for me. I mean, Duke, Duke's always going to be Duke. You get guys coming in, they're always going to be very very good because it's just what Duke's legacy is. And as long as you have Coach K, you should probably make the tournament. I mean, there's going to be one year that they don't, such as Coach Roy Williams. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and then you got Patrick, De- uh, Patrick Tape's debut coming very soon. <laughs> and that should be a very exciting one to watch. Uh, I've been, I've been, I've been big on him for these past couple months, and uh, finally getting to watch him in the Duke uniform is going to be something very special. So, Patrick, Patrick Tape, if you're watching this, uh, I'm very excited for you to suit up in a Blue Devils uniform. So, uh, best of luck to you, and hopefully Duke does some very good things like they usually do. And I wouldn't be surprised if they are obviously in uh, ACC uh, championship contention as they always are. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven, I have Kansas here. They dropped down one spot. Uh, Bill Self has been one of the most consistent coaches. He's also a living legend in his own right, which automatically makes them a top eight team as well. Uh, they do need to find a new identity on both sides of the ball with Azubuki gone and Dawson gone. So, like I said, there could be a struggle that teams like West Virginia and Texas could take advantage of. Same thing with Texas Tech. They also need to find a new identity. Uh, but I think I think Bill Self can get it done. Yeah, and I have Kansas here as well, staying at number seven for me. Um, something about this team is I think this team is going to be very different than it has been in the past. I think this team might not have a true defined star uh, for this upcoming season. And obviously, like you said, Azubuki and Devin Dodson, uh, I think those two guys were the stars of that team, the top two offers of that team. Uh, but this year, I don't think this team will have one. And – that might be a struggle for Kansas, not having a true defined leader. They're going to need guys to step up in those roles. And sure, they got five-star Brace Thompson coming in, but I think I don't think this team will have a true leader and true defined star. And will that, will that hurt them? Maybe. But will that help them? That could help them, sure. But I think, I think more so it will hurt them than help them. And 
I think Kansas might drop down a couple spots just during, during the actual season. And this team might not be as good as we think they might be for this upcoming season. And that's something I might fear for this Kansas team. But obviously you have Coach Bill Self, so you're going to be a top eight team, just like as always. But uh, for the actual season, I think this team might struggle. And it, it could be something very devastating to watch, just looking at Big 12 play for Kansas. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, number six, I got Gonzaga here. They dropped down two spots. Uh, the loss of Philip Petrusov is is huge. Uh, that lowers their ceiling. That it, it doesn't really matter what their ceiling is because they play in the West Coast Conference. They're they're gonna win it no matter what. And nonetheless, they're still a very talented team and a and a contender. Yeah, I mean, I got the Gonzaga here at six as well, dropping down three spots for me. Uh, Corey Kispert does return, which is a little bit of good news for them. But obviously the big news here is Petrusiv is gone. And um, we don't get me wrong, we still do not like Gonzaga. But you got to respect them as a contender, considering what, what conference they play in. But, um, I mean, this just – this I think as a BYU – as a BYU out bystander, uh, this just looks good for them because they have a – they have a lot more of a chance to actually dethrone Gonzaga somehow this year. And uh, that's what we're all kind of rooting for, if you ask me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Gonzaga's still going to be a top six, uh, top ten team here. But uh, you never know what's going to happen with Petrusive gone. This team could maybe drop out if they have some bad losses. But uh, go, go BYU. That's all I, that's all I really got to say. Mm-hmm. We're, now, we're now approaching our top five. Number five, I have Wisconsin here. They move up four spots. They were number nine last time. Uh, this could be the pretty style of basketball to watch. They, they play as a team. That's how that's how basketball – they play basketball how basketball should be played, and it's just fun to watch, and I'm, I'm so excited to watch them play. Yeah, and I got Wisconsin here as well. Just moving up one spot for me. Uh, this is the team I'm going to be riding with this season, um, believe it or not. Uh, I, I don't know if these are my national championship picks right now, but this is one of the teams that I'm going to be riding with. And I'm very excited to watch this team play. Like you said, no defined star. It's just great, good, good basketball. And that's really how basketball is supposed to be played, like you said. But uh, a lot of these guys have the potential to be double, double-digit double scorers. And uh, that's the good thing about Wisconsin basketball. And this team definitely has the potential to make it to the championship. Well, I'm not going to pick my contenders right now, but this team's definitely going to be one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, number four, this is where it gets interesting for me. Uh, I have Virginia here. They actually dropped a spot down. They were in my top three last episode. Uh, this is the second best two-way team, in my opinion, behind Baylor. They had two offensive weapons, Abdul Rahim and Hauser. And uh, defense is their bread and butter. So even if they score 30 points, they, they, they'll allow 28 points. It doesn't matter. They eat their defense just that elite. And that's why they're national champions. They, they are contenders every year. Sorry. Yeah, and I, I can't believe I forgot to mention them, just talking about ACC teams, because you just look at what happened last season and you just kind of forget about them, honestly. But then you just remember that they're there and you're like, oh, man, I forgot about Virginia and I forgot about what they're bringing back. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll talk about them in a minute. But uh, as of right now, I got Iowa here at number four. Uh, moving up one spot for me. And the only really words I have to say is Luca Garza. I mean, that's really all I got to say. And you, you can say whatever you want to say now. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have Iowa here at number three. They're, they're now my number three. And the reason I, I leapfrogged them is because Xavier Tillman is gone. And Luca Garza would definitely benefit from that. 
Tillman was also another guy that, that could give Garza some trouble. Now, there's not really a big man outside of Kofi, maybe Trace Jackson Davis, maybe. Um, so, yeah, I think that's why Iowa leapfrogs Virginia as of right now. Um, they're, they're now even more unstoppable. They have a high floor. They have a high ceiling. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this team's definitely still a top-five team. And obviously with Tillman gone, it definitely helps Garza. But you do have Kofi coming back, like you said. So how much of a benefit that is, it's probably a slight one. But obviously with Kofi coming, I think he's definitely going to be that guy that, that would be able to stop Garza. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I have Virginia here now at number three, moving up one spot for me. Uh, this is a top three two-way team in the nation. It could be the top team, but – I think it's definitely maybe number two. Um, I think Hauser is going to make an immediate impact for this Virginia team, uh, as well as Raheem. Uh, obviously, Abdul Raheem, the uh, prospect coming in for Virginia. And uh, Jay Huff is returning from the draft. And believe it or not, I think that is the X factor of this team. And he, he's not really well known just looking at who's on Virginia's roster, but he's probably going to start. And he, I think he started last year, if I'm not mistaken. But he's the X factor of that team. He's he's kind of that blue collar guy. Does it all. Doesn't really score the ball. He, he's one of the screeners on that team. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think he is the X factor of that team. Believe it or not. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think this team just has a lot of offensive weapons that they didn't have last year, and that's why this team's obviously a national championship contender in my mm-hmm. eyes. Uh, number two, I have Baylor here. It was pretty tough. Uh, I think they're 1B, <laughs> um, four starters returning. They have the best defender in the nation also returning in Mark Vidal. Um, they need Tristan Karska to step up as another weapon if they want to maximize their ceiling. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. I think it's 1A, 1B. Uh, for me, I have Villanova at that 1B spot. Uh, they're going to stay at that spot for me. Uh, this is always a very underrated team that always overachieves their expectations. Uh, obviously, they returned the key core. Uh, I think the loss of City Bay is going to haunt this team, though, uh, if they want to have a chance at making the championship. But they do have Coach Jay Wright, and I know I know he does have championship DNA. I know it feels like it's been a decade ago since they won. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's still here. And that Villanova team always going to be fighting for a championship with Jay Wright as the coach. So, uh, yeah, wouldn't be surprised if this team makes it very far in the tournament again. But, uh yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say for right now. And I have Villanova at the top team, uh, 1A, uh, four starters back. Um, everyone in the Big East except Nova and Creighton have a, have a huge roster turnaround. So I definitely expect those teams, and those are the reasons why I have those teams as the top two teams in the Big East. And they have Jay Wright, who is probably the best coach um, in the past five years. He's won two national championships, even though it feels like 10. Yes, it, it does feel like 10, definitely. And uh, uh, my number one is going to be Baylor. I had him that number one last time. Obviously, I think these are the favorites to win the national championship, in my opinion. And uh, the returns of Teague and Butler is going to help that team's confidence going into this season. Uh, both of them obviously want to avenge what they couldn't do this past season and do it again for this upcoming season. And uh, this team, I think, is going to pick things up. I think pick things uh, back off right, back up right where they left them. And that's going to be the top team in the Big 12, and that's going to be a top seed in the tournament. And this team's going to go very far, I believe. And uh, it's all about injuries. If this team, if one big injury happens, I think that team might be in trouble. 
uh, Scott Drew. I think he's, I think he has the plan set for this Baylor team, and I think this team is sky's the limit for them. And I think they have a definitely very good chance to win that national championship in my eyes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, um, that concludes our our top twenty-five 4.0. Uh, next up, we uh, with some news. All the news probably breaking down for the twenty twenty season. Uh, we're we're gonna get to conference rankings. Yeah, and we've been setting up a list for it. Uh, we 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 think we have a clear list of how we're gonna do it. We're gonna do the uh, mid major conferences first, and then the obviously the big name ones towards the ends to make it a little bit interesting. Mm -hmm. But uh, don't get me wrong. No matter the conference, the lists are going to be very difficult to predict and who, who's going to go where. So, uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun to uh, predict. But, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. obviously news is breaking down. So we're going to have to start that pretty soon, if, believe it or not. Yeah, and with, with, with 92 days left and 32 conferences, we're going to have to start it ASAP. And just letting you guys know, we're doing it by alphabetical order. So the first mid-major team is the America East. So. Look out for that next episode. Yeah, and uh, as always, we thank you guys for watching and hope you guys are staying safe. And uh, it's always March, baby. It's always March. Thank you.